0: Welcome to episode 80 of Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, your host for today. We are so excited to have you back with us once again on our podcast. And uh, today we're going to be diving into more of the IoT side of things, the technology that we do on the cameras. Uh, I'm very excited to get into that conversation very soon. Before we dive into that, I just want to do a quick recap. Uh, Meraki Unboxed, we run every two weeks And we do love to interview everybody we can get hold of who's interested in Meraki in whatever shape that takes. Sometimes it's a sales leader who's out there selling it. Sometimes it's a technologist who's out there developing for it. And sometimes it's a partner who's out there selling it for us and helping customers with real world challenges. Uh, We are very much open to your suggestions for episodes. And uh, so do please reach out and get in touch. Let me know uh, what you think of the show, uh, what you would like to see us cover, or if you'd like to actually take part in it yourself. You can find me very easily online. I'm on Twitter every day. At Meraki Simon is my handle there. So send me a message. Let me know what you think and any ideas that you have to share. All right, time to get into today's episode. And I'm very excited to welcome uh, two gentlemen from over in Europe uh, to the podcast today uh, Andreas and Joe. Welcome to you both. Thank you very much. Great to have you with us. Um, so it's, we're recording this on Monday. Uh, it is early in the morning on the West Coast, but much later in the day over in Europe. Uh, so we've got the the balance of of coffee just about right, I think, so that we can get through this episode. And uh, so let's see how we go. I'd like you both uh, to just do a quick introduction, uh, just so we can get to know you a little bit better. So Andreas, would you like to kick us off?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Andreas Nordgren. I'm based in Sweden, and I. I lead the product management team for camera intelligence and I joined Meraki two years ago when Meraki was doing its first acquisition within the space of camera intelligence and image analytics So I joined from a camera from a camera intelligence company called modcam and we were doing machine learning models on camera type of hardware we were building back in the systems for that intelligence output. And I'm uh, really excited for the past two years being able to bring that technology onto the Meraki portfolio. All
0: right. Well, thank you, Jandres. I'm very excited to talk to you today because I know you're going to help us uh, demystify some of, this, uh, some of this very exciting new technology that we're leaning into now. Uh, and Joe, uh, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Perfect. I'm Joe Weiss. Uh, I look after our smart camera and sensor business here at Cisco Meraki, based in the UK, and I've been with Meraki now for about six years Um, in the last half of that, working exclusively on our camera products. So really excited to share with uh, the audience a lot of the innovation that we've been bringing to the table and uh, some exciting developments, I think, for our partners and for our customers.
0: Absolutely. And I'm very much excited to hear um, some of the stories that you're going to share with us around uh, how this technology is actually being put to use in the real world. So we'll get to that uh, very shortly. And and we were also, uh, before we hit the record button, we were commenting about how we've kind of swapped places in terms of uh, me being in the US and Joe being in the UK. It's going to completely confuse everybody with these accents. We'll get into it. Okay, so I think a good idea, a good way to use this episode is to to help our audience to understand the technology that we're talking about a little bit better, because there are some terms that have been thrown around in IT for a few years now uh, that, that really, I think, people, they hear them, but they don't necessarily fully understand their the true meaning. We started off uh, with these cameras about five years ago now and obviously they were focused at that time around the traditional use case, so very much around that, that sort of security function and we even thought of them as security cameras. But the technology has advanced so much now that we're able to use what these cameras can see to help us understand a little bit more about the world around us. So we start to hear these terms like machine learning and computer vision and really what I'd love to do is just get into a little bit of a primer on what those actually are uh, so that we can understand what it is that's that's created the foundation for what we're doing at Meraki now. So Andreas, I'm going to throw the first one over to you. Computer vision, tell us what that actually is.
1: Well. Computer vision is the ability to basically use cameras to extract information and and data points from images and and video. And I mean, the the way Meraki cameras was built from the uh, from scratch was basically to have powerful standalone smart units that doesn't necessarily need a lot of uh, infrastructure around them. Um, And that also brings the ability to do computer vision in the camera itself. So with computer vision, we can also get cameras to learn about the things that uh, the camera is seeing and for us to be able to extract information from that. And uh, computer vision in the past um, was done slightly different than we do things now. And in, in general, computer vision is a very difficult um, area overall because we, as humans, we see uh, the reality in a certain way, and cameras and computers and pixels and sensors see them slightly differently and interpret them slightly differently. So things that might be very um, easy for humans to detect can be difficult for cameras, and vice versa. Things that we have um, difficulties as humans to see might be another story for cameras. So, as things has evolved and and, uh, the company that I've come from, um, we're seeing this evolution of machine learning models basically as a way of better understanding through computational power and architectures to learn what the camera actually can see. So with machine learning, we can train neural networks, complex mathematical models to interpret uh, a scene. And of course, these machine learning models can be super big to run on supercomputers and do fancy things. And they can um, beat uh, chess masters, uh, those type of supercomputer solutions. And then down to very tiny, small, very focused type of task on on lower compute resources. So it's a very wide area of doing extremely complex things um, down to more compressed, solving more dedicated problems. Mm. Um, but it, in general, it's a very exciting time because just the last couple of years, the, 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 the way that you can train model and what they actually can execute has improved and, and improves every six months, you get astonished by some new thing you can do with lower compute resources uh, at higher speed. So there's a, a tremendous evolution, both in terms of software structures and architectures, but also on the hardware side on on silicon and processors and things like that.
0: Wow! Yeah, and we're going to get into some of these more granular use cases, I think, as we get into the episode as well. I'm quite excited about that. But that's a really interesting history. And I hadn't thought about that. The, this technology has actually been around for quite a while now, but um, uh, obviously needed a supercomputer or something like that to be able to to look at sort of pieces on a chessboard moving around, that, that kind of thing.
1: Exactly.
2: It used to just be so difficult. You know, I talk to my customers all the time. And, and really, for the last few years, it's only been the largest of customers that have gotten into this space because it's so expensive. Hmm. You have to have data scientists. You have to have PhD-level mathematicians. You need computer vision engineers. And You know, the thing is, all of our customers at the high end are all looking for those resources. And here we are at Cisco looking to hire the very same resources to work on our camera products. So they're they're extremely challenging to find. And and that really has led to, uh, I guess, what would be longer development lead times and longer cycles, where Mm -hmm. I'll talk to a grocer who started their computer vision project like three years ago, and, and now three years later they really haven't made much meaningful progress because the space is just it's so it's been so complex for so long mm-hmm. that most of our customers have been stuck in in proof of concept phase right uh, and, and that's been the real struggle for the last few years.
0: Yeah, and and I think every time I hear the word complex, I see opportunity. And I think that's the case for this Meraki business. It has been since day one. And and so that's why I'm really excited that we decided to to go into this into this particular area. Um just before we get too far into this, I also want to do a quick glossary check on this term machine learning, which again You know, we hear it, we talk about it every single day, but there's quite a few people who, you know, they just hear those terms. It's just a buzz term to them. It doesn't necessarily mean too much. So uh, one of you like to take on that one, have a go at uh, just defining machine learning for us.
2: I think Andreas, with your engineering background, probably be best for you to pick that one up.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, machine learning is a subcategory of um, artificial intelligence. And then there are a number of subcategories of machine learning uh, models. But basically, um, uh, specifically that we are working with neural networks. And that's a way of mimicking how the neurons work in our brain. So it's a different type of of logic than just traditional type of uh, mathematical models. Mm -hmm. So it's a... Uh, a science of uh, mathematical logics where we get computers to learn basically by themselves. So in the case that we're working with, we feed a neural network with a set of images, and then the neural network models, which is the neural network is a subset of machine learning, the neural network models, they learn how to decipher and say, say, Uh, what this image actually means. But of course, you have to have an image. Mm -hmm. You have to tell this machine learning model uh, what does a person look like, what does a fox look like, or a zebra. And based on those annotations, because the humans will tell this is the ground truth. This is what this object actually looks like. Mm -hmm. And you feed that into the model, and the output will be a detector, um, a machine learning models output with a certain level of um, certainty that the machine learning model says, yes, I believe that this is a zebra. Mm. Uh, And of course, that works in different ways, depending on the complexity of the model of the size of the model, how much training data you need to feed that model. Um, So that's basically how the structure is, And then then you can have different type of uh, versions and frameworks and apply different weights. Um, But that, in a nutshell, what it is, we teach machines to learn something about the reality and try to mimic the way our brain works.
2: And Simon, like it's very, it's very similar to how you might teach a a small child, right? So as a small child grows up, it doesn't know what objects are in the real world. It learns because you teach them. Mm -hmm. So you're walking down the street and it sees a car and then you go, yes, that's a car. And then the next vehicle that comes by, you say, well, that's a car, even though it might be a truck or a van. And eventually that small child gets smart enough to know that these moving objects on the road are cars. But over time you start to give them more information and context that yes, that's a car, but it's also a truck Mm -hmm. or yes, this is a car, but it's actually a bus. And so over time, as that small child gets older, the amount of objects it can detect and categorize, It knows that all cars and all buses are just categories of vehicles. And that's really how you start training computer vision. And the thing is, this isn't actually foreign to most people listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. In fact, we've all been training computer vision for years. You just probably didn't know that that's what you were doing when Google asks you to sign in and click the three pictures of mountains or the the four pictures of stop signs, I, I right. always go, oh, I'm smart. I know exactly what that stop sign is going to look like. Let me have that website, please, Google. But that's just Google getting people to train computer vision for self-driving vehicles, mm. right? So the next time you get prompted to click a picture and tell Google what it is, you'll think about, that you're actually helping make the world a better place over time by by teaching this computer vision in self-driving automobiles.
0: Right, right, and I, I guess the same thing applies to um, uh, all of those uh, areas where the, the technology tries to figure out what it is that we're we're looking at. So I'm also thinking about in the photos apps where it sort of starts to map uh, match different people based on based on the data it's learning. So, all right, very interesting stuff, and and. Uh, I that, I learned something straight away as soon as Andrea started talking, which is that that we can think of machine learning as a as a kind of a subset of artificial intelligence. You always see AI slash ML written down. It's very common to see those two together, and I, it always drove me a bit crazy because because uh, there was no clear distinction uh, made in the in the surrounding words. So it's it's good to hear that explained a little bit more. So I I think one of the things that I I wanted to make sure we touched on was. Uh, what Meraki has chosen to do—that's uh, a little bit different—and and I know that with cameras, we we set out to do much as we've done with networking technology in the past. It's what, what products, what hardware, what what complexity can we remove to uh, to do this thing, to solve this problem, and uh, so of course the cameras started off and and really got their foothold in the market by. Uh, you know, avoiding the need to have a dedicated video recorder for the actual footage, for example. Um, so so let's just turn our attention to what we're doing now as we move into this computer vision uh, side of things and really adopt that. You know, what is Meraki here to do uh, in this space?
1: Mm. Yes. So we've had machine learning and models running on our camera for some time. Uh people detectors and the vehicle detectors. Mm-hmm. So with any Mir- Miraki camera today, you can um, switch on that machine learning model and you get notified if there is a person or a car. Uh, you can see that in our video flow. You can also export that in as a, as a pure data stream. Uh, so that already exists today. Um, what we recently introduced is a way to bring additional machine learning models onto our cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we only have the bandwidth to do certain things uh, of our own. But there are so many exciting opportunities out there. And there are so many creative developers. And there are so many use cases that we haven't been able to fulfill in the past. There have been so many customer requests of can you do this? Can you do that? How can we solve this specific problem that we have that may not be related to a person or a vehicle. Right. Um, so also we see what's going on in the market and there are so many new exciting tools popping up every day and there there's so rapid development in the type of different neural network frameworks, the type of detectors. So we really thought that we we'll really need to make sure that we can make use of this fantastic ecosystem. Um, and creative people out there and great creative startups that has been um, building a lot of exciting stuff. So therefore um, we built the ability to bring those models onto the Meraki cameras. So basically we're opening up the core, the heart of the camera itself, to be able to do that computer vision calculation and computing, uh, machine learning computing on our devices. Mm. So we launched in uh, in March what we call uh, MVSense Custom CD, which is basically an ability for third parties and others to build their own models and deploy them to our cameras.
0: Okay, so the this is uh, and, let, and let's say that say that again because I think that's an important name for for people to to hear. Um, MV is obviously the the camera. Uh, model at Meraki, it's uh, it's the family of of, of cameras at Meraki, um, and then sense. So we're we're starting to think about the data that we can pull from this thing, as well as just what we uh, what we can see as humans with it, and then computer vision. So CV, uh, computer vision, and so that that's actually a really exciting uh, space. What you're telling me, I guess, is that these cameras are quite powerful because I would imagine you need quite a lot of computational power uh, built into the camera to do this. Am I right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also the way that things have evolved, uh, things becoming more efficient, you can do things on a smaller footprint. Mm -hmm. So we can do these things on our current generation of camera. These will, of course, evolve over time. Cameras getting more powerful, tools getting more efficient. um, The number of images you need to train becoming also uh, the requirements of that being reduced. So, yes, we have good computational uh, resources available, and it will increase over time as we evolve the portfolio going forward. Hmm.
0: And you talked about the uh, the fact that there is a whole load of developers out there, uh, very creative, coming up with uh, new challenges to be solved and, uh, and working at those. So um, what this says to me is that we we probably can't do everything ourselves at Meraki. I think you hinted at that as well. So so we've moved into a partnership to uh, to help us with this. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so we came across this company called Cognac, which impressed us a lot. Um, it's a startup based in the US, uh, where we saw that they had built a platform that would fit perfectly into the plans and ambitions that we had of ourselves. Because Mm. we wanted to invite customers and third parties to build their own models. But of course, not everybody have the skill sets to do that. So many of our customers, they don't have a team of machine learning engineers. And they see this ability and capability. However, they also need to have that model that, that solves their specific use case. And what we saw with Cognac was that they had built a platform kind of boiling down all of their machine learning expertise into a platform that basically enables someone that doesn't have the skill sets of a machine learning engineer to build a model using their platform hmm. so by coupling the um, our ability to execute things in camera with the cogniac ability to provide a platform that's easy to use then we can provide the customer with the ability to build their own models, even though they're not experts. So basically what you would do um, with the Cognac platform is that you would feed it a number of images. You say, this is what I'm looking for. This is the zebra or the cat that I want. Um, And then it starts to train automatically. And then it starts to give you that output. And then you can package that in a way that it very easily deploys to the camera. So Cognac impressed us a lot. Um, to the extent that we also decided to uh, invest in Cognac, so we uh, through Cisco investment invested in Cognac, uh-huh. we have a board observer seat and we have a very close collaboration and partnership going forward. And with their help, we can then support all those customers that says I I have this uh, pallet that I want to detect or I have this right. um, uh, production line where I want to detect uh, faulty t- tires. Uh, then they can use the platform and build a model of their own.
2: I think To that point, Andreas, one of the most exciting parts about working with the Cognac team is just, just how rapidly you can develop this capability. Uh, a few weeks ago, one of our customers, who's a global fast food retailer, they came to us and said, we've got our trade show coming up where all of our franchisees from around the world are going to come in And we are really excited to show them some of the great new technology from Cisco Meraki, but we have a problem. One of our biggest challenges in our restaurants is chicken nuggets. If you go through the drive through and you buy a six piece chicken nugget and you get five, you're going to be disappointed. And if you get seven, you might be happy, but the franchisee that operates that business just lost money on that transaction. So I said, Meraki, with these new Spark cameras, is there any way that they could detect and count chicken nuggets so that over time we could evolve our operating model to have a more like automated chicken nugget dispensing solution where the computer vision, the ability to detect and count them comes from this Meraki camera. And I first said to myself, like, okay, well, surely you've tried this before. I asked them that they said yeah we've been trying this for a while but we can't ever scale because every time we get something that maybe works it involves a server in a back room or cloud computational power that we just we don't can't afford we don't have access to our bandwidth isn't enough and we can't just put a server in every location because we don't have the space for it we're here to sell burgers and fries not manage it infrastructure mm. and so They said, if you guys could figure out how to do this, it could be gold dust for our franchisees. So the account team, who doesn't really have any experience in building computer vision models prior to this, said, okay, fine, well, we can work with Cognac to develop this. And so that's what they did. Uh, John, one of our our phenomenal enterprise SEs, who this isn't his background at all. He comes from the networking side of the house. He decided that he was going to take a crack at it and train the cameras to count chicken nuggets. <laughs> so over the course of a week, he he and his family probably consumed somewhere in the neighborhood of 400, maybe 500 chicken nuggets oh, over boy. time, taking pictures of them with that Meraki smart camera. And then honestly, within that week's period, that computer vision model, detecting and counting nuggets went from 80% accurate to 85 to 90 to 95 And by the time the t- that trade show came around, just a few weeks later, that Meraki smart camera was 97% accurate at detecting chicken nuggets, using that camera in real time. No servers, no other infrastructure, just a camera doing this count in real time. So when the CIO from that organization came over, they said, they, they couldn't believe that, one, we were able to build it that fast because they'd never seen anything like it. And two, hmm. they invited us over to the other segment that they had been working on at the trade show where they had another competitor of ours looking at computer vision, who unfortunately, in three years' time, still didn't make the same amount of progress that we were able to make in just that short period, that two weeks. And this is all underpinned by the, the architecture that we've chosen You see, we chose a modern architecture to solve modern problems. And that means that we can do things with Meraki smart cameras that have previously not been possible at scale before. Hmm. Because really what underpins all of this is the Meraki cloud. The ability to centrally manage and organize thousands of cameras globally and to be able to deploy machine learning models on them now centrally And be able to have that tight, closed feedback loop so that when the AI in the Cognac platform sees an image of a chicken nugget that it doesn't quite understand, well, it can flag that up to the person that knows what chicken nuggets look like. Not to a computer vision engineer or to a data scientist, but to a subject matter expert who can go, yeah, you know what? That is a chicken nugget. That's a bell shape or a boot shape. I know what that looks like. And so making that computer vision on the camera smarter and smarter over time. Like to say, well, if you can see it and you can count it as a person, so can a Meraki smart camera with the right amount of training. And so when you're thinking about this in your business, what are you paying people to see and count? Pallets of goods, items on a shelf, really start to peel that back and realize if labor is your number one challenge, like I'm sure it is for most of my customers today, Imagine what you could deliver when you have a smart camera that can do some of those low function, low level tasks of counting and identifying, so that your labor force can be upskilled to do higher value tasks in your organization, delivering far more value.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing! I love the way you brought that to life there. Um, I, I'm now feeling quite hungry. Um, I have to say, <laughs> uh, I, I I will guess that most people will have a good sense of what those uh, what those nuggets look like. And um, but but it's a fantastic example of of how we can uh, democratize. And I think that's the key word that comes to mind for me here. Is we're talking about technology that until fairly recently was in the domain of you know the the computer scientists and the you know the real data nerds out there. Uh, but now uh, uh, one of our customers can just come to us with a challenge like this, and it's just limited by their imagination, right? So we're really, uh, I guess, lowering the barrier of, of what, we can, uh, what we can achieve uh, by simplifying this technology. And, and, and Joe, I wanted to sort of, since you're, uh, you know, you've got a whole bunch, I know, in your mind of, of examples, I'd love to just dive into a couple more fun ones.
2: Yeah, I think one of our other customers, they sell a lot of pizzas. And I know I've got some food examples. Oh, wow. I've food got again. pallets <laughs> and other things. But they sell a lot of pizzas. And one of their challenges is that they need to inspect these pizzas for quality assurance, uh, either on a random sample or every pizza. And this has been so challenging for them because they are know thousands of locations, primarily franchisee driven. So it can be a real challenge for them but they're already deploying Meraki smart cameras for safety and security in their buildings. These cameras are already there, already doing that job. Mm -hmm. And so we went back to them and said, wouldn't it be great if instead of that camera doing its physical security job is detecting people, why don't we just make it detect pizzas so that you know there's a pizza there and you can inspect that pizza for topping distribution, for color, for shape. And you can do this on a random sample or for every device, but you're not buying another thing to do this job because the camera that you've bought for physical security now has this whole new capability. Mm. I think that for most of our customers, this is like the ba- the best surprise that they find when they invest in Meraki. You know, it really is like the worst it'll be the day you buy it. Every single week and month, mm-hmm. we come up with new capability, new feature. And, and this is no different. A camera that couldn't tell a pizza two months ago now delivers tremendous business insights into their operations. And that's really fundamental. People have looked at cameras for years and only seen them as a tool to deter theft or protect against loss. Mm -hmm. But the reality is cameras have evolved and this technology isn't just here for one purpose anymore. It addresses the needs of different user groups and, and now adds so much more value across an organization that it's not just buying a camera for safety and security. It should do that job too. But while it's doing that job, it should be able to deliver far more value into your organization. And it's not just pizzas and nuggets. To Andreas's point, one of our other customers in in the grocery space tracks pallets. You see, they were paying three people every single day, 24 hours a day, across their 200 warehouses to count pallets so that they could route trucks effectively. And they came to us and said, well, we heard about this new custom CV can your camera count pallets. And so of course I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, of course it can, we can train your camera on how to do that. Or better yet, one of our partners can do that. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of a few months, we taught a camera, what pallets looked like in their environment. And now that model can run on these 32 cameras. And instead of spending 10 and dollars in labor for people to count pallets, they were able to pay significantly less than that and realize a return on investment in about eight months time. And now those people that were counting pallets are doing far more important tasks in the warehouse mm. and the Meraki mm. cameras are counting pallets. And it just started there and now it's snowballed. They go, well, actually, there's some other things we want to count <laughs> in the business. And, and what I think is, is, is telling is just that how quickly they've been able to solve one problem and then immediately find four or five more problems that they could solve using the same operational model. The you know use their subject matter experts to train the cameras on what's important, uh, and they're seeing just so much value out of our platform at scale. It's
0: it's uh... and I
1: think also it's uh, it's it's amazing how when people start to think and you you also realize that there are so many things that are being. Uh, monitored by, by uh, humans. And I think also the way that sustainability and environmental factors is uh, high on people's agenda also mm-hmm. uh, opens up a lot of opportunities. Um, I came across one case where it was a fishing industry <clears throat> and they need to report kind of the bycatch. So if you want to catch mm-hmm. a salmon, but not other types of fish, they have to report the number of bycatch they have uh which is a manual work and they were mandated to report that on a more frequent basis and of course those things uh can be quite tedious if you need to have a person doing that job every single day um similar in a logistics company reporting um how many big trucks are at what point in their um logistics yard for how many minutes and all of these things that are that are being controlled to make things more Efficient or more sustainable, and there are a lot of opportunities in that space also going forward. I believe
0: it's it really is as you, as we said. It's only limited by your imagination. It's uh, it's quite amazing. I think when I think back uh, during my of my career in in uh, technology, uh, it started off with this networking stuff. And it's all in the back office, right? You're just, you know, you you started off, you're in a comms room. You don't ever see anybody. You're fixing network challenges. Uh, and it's very, very limited in scope. Essentially, you're helping people to communicate. Incredibly important, but very much just limited to that that one specific dimension. What's exciting about IoT is that it's so relatable. We we can immediately start talking about and we've we've managed to bring in three types of food so far on this uh, on this podcast episode. I've counted nuggets, pizza and fish. Um, the, it, it is really amazing. You're like so relatable. We all know what these things are. We uh, um, and so if we can see value in being able to identify it in any way for any purpose, then here we have a, a technology solution uh, that can that can help us with that. It sounds as though we've made it so easy that, that a customer can literally just come to us with an idea and we go and sort it out uh, and, and do this training uh, thing ourselves. Tell, uh, just help me understand a little bit, you know, how much can the customer do on their own here?
2: I'll take that one. So I think that <clears throat> any customer with subject matter expertise on the object they're trying to train the camera on can get started on this today. A benefit of the Cognac platform is it is so simple to connect that Meraki camera with your API key, and it just starts pulling images. Mm -hmm. So I plug my camera in and without any servers or other infrastructure, it just works. And then once it's online, I connect it to the Cognac platform and it starts receiving images from that camera instantly. And then from there, I identify the object that is important in my environments, whether that's nuggets or pallets or whatever I'm trying to teach that camera. And I wanna do this from the field of view that the camera is deployed at because Mm -hmm. the thing to note about computer vision and one of the challenges a lot of our customers run into is that every scene is different. If you think about that small child again, a car in the forest and a car on the road can be very different to their point of view. Mm -hmm. Equally like a car from a lower angle versus a car while they're sat on your shoulders can look very different. And the same applies for computer vision. So when you're training the camera on the object you're looking for, it must be done in the environment that you're deploying the camera in, or else your accuracy is going to be challenged. And this is where, what where scale and the ability to have that cloud is so important Mm. because I might train a camera on what a palette looks like in one warehouse. But then when I go to my next warehouse and I put that same model that I built already on the second camera in the new warehouse, it's only going to be 80, 70% accurate because it's never seen that scene before. It's the first time looking in this warehouse, the height might be different, The angle of the camera might be different. And so it looks iteratively similar, but just enough different that you have to retrain. And that's, that's the case with Mm. every camera that you deploy. It involves that, that subject matter expert going in and saying, actually, that is a palette. It's just different because it's coming from a different angle. And so that's the one like thing to understand as you get started is that it's not magic, right? This is science and it's mm-hmm. pattern matching and it's leveraging artificial intelligence. And it takes, it takes that understanding that going into it with eyes open, that you're not just going to build a model and deploy it on 10,000 cameras and it's just going to work automatically. Like at Meraki, we have this problem. We bought generalized data sets and we've been building a data set for our computer vision and our camera so that when you plug it in, it knows what a person looks like. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people call into our support team and they're like, it's not very accurate. And the reason it's not very accurate is because that camera was deployed at suboptimal conditions, maybe 20 feet in the air or 10 feet back. So the person doesn't look like it should. Right. But that's why we've built a pipeline for our customers to be able to opt in in a transparent way and share images from their deployment so that we automatically build improvements to the computer vision on our cameras. So for those things that you expect out of the box, like a person or a vehicle, we know that sometimes it's not gonna be perfect. And so when you opt those cameras in, we collect those images, we annotate them in the back end. then we push that back down to the camera making it smarter and more efficient and more accurate but even we have to do that when cameras have challenges in deployment so that's like the one thing i would say to just wrap your head around that a project like this is a project that that never really finishes Mm. there's always the need to teach it a bit more it will always see something new that it doesn't understand And so require that simple and easy way to update and train. And that's really what we've been building towards.
0: Mm. It's funny. um, um, As you were were saying those last parts, I was picturing the way that dogs react when they hear a sound they've never heard before. You know how they cock their head on the side? And and it only happens once when they've never heard that sound before. It's kind of interesting. You want the camera to be able to do something like that. That'd be fun. Actually, you raise a really important point there uh, about the way in which the camera is uh, feeding back information to us at Meraki. And that was something I was going to ask about, which is, you know, how do we distinguish between an individual customer's request and something that we can collectively learn from by bringing in vision from multiple sources across multiple customers? And it sounds as though in the case of people counting, that's exactly what we've done, and we've made it an opt-in for people to be able to do that. Is this something which we're we're sort of developing further from here, Andreas?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of detectors that are really important for some of our core use cases. So many of our customers, of course, use the cameras for security purposes. And then it's very often about understanding where people are, vehicle are, intrusion, uh, tripwires, restricted zones, to find also content in video where there are people or vehicles. So for those core detectors, um, we are evolving constantly and as, as um, Joe mentioned, then it's really important to have that rich image database from all our customers' environment. Mm. I think that's something that's um, fairly unique to us so that we actually, do collect images also very transparent to our customers. So this is something that we're very open about. So mm-hmm. they sign up, they can see what type of images has been collected. If they don't want to take part anymore, they can opt out, they can delete all the images that we have collected. But still, we we um, uh, will evolve our solution collaboratively with our customers. Mm -hmm. And that's really important just to capture their environments from their cameras, from their specific optics and their their lighting conditions and all of that. So that will evolve over time. Our image database is growing by the day, both in number of cameras, number of environments. Um, So that we are going to use to constantly evolve and develop those models that are critical and that that's shared between all the customers. Everybody wants to understand the movements and um, uh, how people move around in the scene. Uh So that is how we improve our machine learning models over time that are commonly shared with most of our customers. But then, of course, uh, we won't collect millions of images of chicken nuggets or cats or or tires mm-hmm. that will give up to very specific use cases. And also those subject matter experts that are looking for faults and errors that we wouldn't be able to annotate or detect specific to their needs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And, and I like I like the way that we're able to do this intelligently and just use it collectively where it makes sense to do that. All right, so I wanna start bringing things to a close and I, I, um, I'm thinking about how people can try this out Uh, So there's probably a lot of people listening who maybe have Meraki cameras and are just currently looking at them and thinking them as security devices, Uh, obviously a super important function, but they maybe want to, they've been intrigued by this, maybe they've got some food they want to, um, they want to point the camera at and identify, who knows, Um, where do they start, what can they try out?
2: So the first thing is that Cognac is going to be sold through Cisco on our global price list. So for all of our partners out there that buy their Meraki smart cameras through Cisco's global price list, great news. They're going to be, you're going to be able to transact this just the same way. And that's going to make it really, really straightforward for you to be able to get started. You won't have to set up a new relationship with a third party. You can get going straight away with that. Um, Beyond that, if you'd like to be able to trial your models that maybe you've built, perhaps you're a developer and you already have a TensorFlow Lite model that you want to test out on a Meraki smart camera, capability is available today. And we've included 10 licenses of MVSense for every single one of our customers, so you don't have to make an investment to get started in running your custom computer vision model on the Meraki smart camera. If you do wish to pursue and check out the Cognac platform, please work with your Meraki account manager and they can help you set up a demo and potentially uh, look at a trial program for that as well.
0: Nice. So we have uh, we have a nice pathway uh, if you have ideas and you're interested in uh, in giving them a try or maybe you can see a new problem that you would never thought of solving in this way. Um, it sounds as though we've got a, a good path for you to take. Um, so, gentlemen, I want to thank you both very much. I mean, it, it feels to me like we're going to have so many fun examples. We might have to come back and do an episode two of this uh, just just to go through some more of these. Uh, and we can pick a different theme next time. We did food this time. Who knows what it will be next time? Um, pallets uh, we've done as well. So uh, let us know <laughs> if you're listening. Let us know what you'd like us to count uh, or identify with these cameras, and we'll uh, we'll tell you a story. I'm sure we can do that. Uh, so, Andreas, thanks very much for joining. And Joe, thank you both very much. Thank
1: you thank very you. much, Simon. Enjoyed it.
0: All right. Well, we will be back again in a couple of weeks with another episode of Meraki Unboxed. And I don't know how we're going to top this one. My imagination is firing off in all directions, thinking about the possibilities here. Um, it's obviously a very exciting area of technology. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing uh, how we take this forward. Uh, and uh, rest assured, we will definitely bring these gentlemen back on again uh, next time if we've got another fun story to tell you about it. Uh, so thanks again for tuning in and remember to send those ideas if you've got any for uh, for the podcast. We'd love to keep this as relationable to you as possible. I don't think that's a word, but I just made it up. Let's go with it. Uh, it's time to get on with the rest of the day. Thanks for joining and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye for now.